0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today I want to get back into the series. We're going to wrap up this series for this month, which is entitled The Power of Love. Someone say The Power of Love. The Power of Love. All right. So um, I, I just got to tell you this. As a believer, you are called to love. When you believe, you say, I'm making a commitment to love and forgive. And how many of you know that's not always easy? It's not. But you've got to remember in forgiving that you need forgiveness too. I'll never forget, man, some defining moments in my life where God really spoke to me. It was a moment where I was struggling maybe with unforgiveness, and God said, I forgave you. And I will never forget those moments with God. So simple, you say, oh, that's, that's nothing. Well, it meant the world to me because it changed my life when God reminded me, I forgave you. I don't bring up your, your past. I don't bring up your mistakes. And you got to remember, every sin you commit is against God. Whether you hurt somebody else around you or not, or if it's just yourself you're hurting, every sin is personal to God. Someone say Amen. So you've got to learn to walk in His love so you can walk in forgiveness. You can walk in love with people, treat them right, treat them like you want to be treated. So in studying the power of love, I have a few points today. So just come along with me. We're going to go on a small journey, not too long. You know I don't take long. I respect time. But let's get into this. My first point today is God first. I need you to understand something. God first in everything and always, or always and in everything, if you don't learn to put God first, you will never be able to walk in love, I promise. Why? Because your prior priorities will be off. Your love walk will be off, guaranteed. Brother and sister, mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, aunts and uncles, it, your love walk will be off if you don't learn to put God first. Because if God's not first, your priorities are off. If God's not first, you're not walking in wisdom. You can't truly love if God's not first. Your boundaries will be off if God's not first. You say, man, yeah, well, I know this is a boundary. Or do I have boundaries? And some people have less boundaries than others. You ever had people who had no boundaries? Their lives are crazy. See, I just go to bed whenever. I just wake up whenever. Really? You must be well off. You You don't have to work. You don't have to get up and... You don't even have to get up and feed the dogs or the kids or anything. You just, just do whatever. No, you've got to have boundaries. There's times, there's time limits, there's a proper time and place for certain things. One rabbi years ago, he said, the problem with modern kids, because they did something dumb at a graduation, I think a kid let a rat loose at a, at a college or a high school graduation. And one, a, there was a rabbi there, yeah, a rat. Ah, People screaming. A rat would scare me. I don't know that I'd scream. I'd try to kick that thing. Big nasty thing. But anyway, red eyes and big buck teeth, you know, just gross. But the rabbi said after the fact, he said, you know the problem with kids today? He really meant people today. He said they don't know the difference between what is holy and what is not holy. They don't know the difference between sacred and profane. They don't know the difference between now is the time to do that and now is not the time to do that. Well, you start to put God first, and you start to get some wisdom in you. Let's go to Psalm 111.10. Look at this one. You've read this before. If not, you've heard it before. Psalm 111.10. This is powerful. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. That means the fear of the Lord is first. Someone say first. How many of you know you don't lay the roof and then do a foundation later? knew a guy years ago? Look at his building. Uh, you know, this guy was on the take, so he was scamming. He was building a house for my cousins. And he quoted them a price, so they laid the foundation, built the house, and and he said, well, that's it, but that didn't cover the roof. They said, oh, no, you quoted me for a price, it's for the roof, too. You set a house on a foundation. Now, there's a sequence of events there, right? You do a foundation, you do the walls, and then you put a roof up so it'll stand on the walls, right? There's a sequence of events there. In the same way, you cannot build anything good in your life on a foundation that is not God-first. God first says, "Fear the Lord is the true foundation, the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey His commandments will grow in wisdom." Did you know? If I put God first and I really fear and respect the Lord, that's what that word fear means to respect, reverence. Fear God it means I'm going to treat my wife right. It means I'm going to treat you right when nobody's looking. It means I'm not going to secretly be mean to you on the phone and hang up on you and then see you later and go hi. Right, God bless you because I care what God thinks. Okay. So God first means fearing God, putting Him first. Let's go to Proverbs 9.10. Look at this. Proverbs 9.10. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Says it again in a different book. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Some people, they think judgment is only a negative word. Actually, judgment is decision-making ability. Have you seen people who don't fear God? Have you seen the decisions they've made? Maybe you, maybe me in our past. We said, man, had I feared God in that season of my life, I never would have done that. Had I really respected and reverenced and wanted to put God first, I would not have done that. Did you know that I walk in love with people on the phone even when no one is around? I talk to my wife sometimes, you know, she married a guy who's a little bit old school. She's like, why didn't you just do it online? I'm like, because I wanted to talk to someone. I needed to talk to a human and know that it was done right or wrong. If they're doing it wrong, that's fine. We, there's grace and mercy for that. But I talk to people, and, and gen, my gentle make jokes with me. She'll go, baby, did you make a new friend? I'm all, yeah, you know where he lived? You know, I know all these details about their lives. That's part of who I am. I'm an extrovert. I recharge by meeting people. But did you know, at the core of that, I really care about people. I have a lot of flaws, I've made a lot of mistakes, I've hurt people, I've had to repent as much as you or more, but I've always cared about what happened to people. You say, that's a gift from God, is that training, is that the school of hard knocks, is it going through tribulations, getting my feelings hurt, it's all of the above, but it's a choice I've made and say, I'm going to care about people, I'm going to be kind to operators on the phone when no one's listening or looking besides me and them they say yeah but they're recording that call you know for training purposes who cares i don't care about that i've got to answer to god one day so is it because you just really want them to like you sure I'd, i'd like people to like me but if they don't tough love tough luck right but i want to treat people right i will answer to god one day so i want the lord to say well done I entrusted other people to you and around you, and you walked in your sphere of influence, and you treated people right. Okay? In putting God first, I can learn to do that. Let's go to Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. These are kind of unique points today. They're not necessarily linear. They are three separate points, but they all point back to walking in the power of God's love, walking in love with God and others. Look at this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. One translation says, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's be honest with each other this morning. Raise your hand if you're praying and believing God for something in your life. Raise your hand. That's all these things. That's all these things. You say, well, I don't have any needs from God. Then you're mm, you're not telling the truth, or you just don't realize it. Did you know the most dangerous point in your life is when you say, I don't have a need? Mm-hmm. You say, I got it all. No, you're always going to have needs from God, and God's going to speak to you, take you on. And did you know God's purpose and his plan unfolds? It's always uh, developing and unfolding. He doesn't give you everything at once. You couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. But you put him first, and he shows you the next step. Can I get an amen in this house? You put him first, and he shows you what's going on next and how do we get there. But did you know that if he showed you everything, you wouldn't have to believe him for anything? You ever thought of that? So, oh, this is all, this is it. Here's the way the rest of your week and your month and your year, it's all set up. You have some hard times, some good times. It's all going to turn out okay, but here are all the details. No, God wants you to believe him. Faith walk and the love walk is a day-by-day thing, trusting God. And it takes faith to walk in love, I'm going to tell you right now. It takes faith to walk in love. Scripture says faith works by love, all right? So number one today, put God first. Think about him talk to Him, talk about Him, show your faith, share your faith every single day. You as a believer, you're believers or you wouldn't have stumbled in here on a Sunday morning, I promise. It's the 26th. A lot of people are doing who knows what. They may be on the live stream as well, but uh, if you weren't a believer, you wouldn't be checking this out right now, most likely. You believe to some point, or you, even folks you say, man, I haven't accepted Jesus yet, but I believe in the Lord. I, I want to get to know him. Yeah, you have some sort of belief if you're listening today, and as believers, you need to remember this. For your faith to work well, you need to be walking in love. Faith works by love. I have brought that up the last few weeks. Are you still with me? Someone say, I got it. I got it. All right, all right, all right. So you got to think about him. Put him first, man. Put him first. Put God first. Talk about him. Include him in everything. Don't ever be like those people I've heard them. They say, well, business is business. What does that mean? Does that mean you can serve God and have a drug, uh, a, you know, a drug, a uh, level marketing corporation? Uh, and I don't mean pharmaceuticals. We know they have their problems. I don't trust them any more than the narcos. I'm going to tell you right now. Yes, I said it. Record it and repeat it, whatever. In context or out of context, I really don't care. That's dangerous stuff. But I'm talking about street drugs and street traffic and say, well, no, I'm going to do this and serve God. No. You're going to love God. You're going to serve him. You're going to put him first. And business is business, but business is always putting God first. Do you know the beauty of putting God first in every area of your life, in relationships, in business, in work, in your public, private, and secret life? Yeah, because everyone has three lives. Public, private, and secret Okay, and I don't mean, you say, man, a secret negative, it can be, but everybody has a secret life, right? And say, man, how, how, can you explain that? Well, my wife doesn't come with me to the restroom every time I go to the restroom, right? Or you, or you usually go to the restroom alone. That's your secret life. That's a real simple way of putting it. You have a public, a private, and a secret life. And if you honor God in all those areas, you're not going to have any issues, Moving forward, you say, well, we have problems. There's always trouble in the world, but Jesus overcame the world. So put God first. Someone say, God first. first. Very good, man. Y'all are great students. That's number one today. Look at number two. I've been looking forward to this one. Live the language of love. Have you ever studied the five love languages? Very interesting, the five love languages. I think I did a series on them uh, a year or two ago. Some of you are fluent in all of them. Some of you are good at one and really good. And some of you don't care about this other one. But look, God gave us different ways to express his love. Here's the love languages. Look at this. How about this? Words of affirmation. All right. You say, man, that's my love language. I like to be told nice things. Okay, that's cool. How about acts of service? Yeah, man. Acts. Of, someone said amen. Say amen. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to tell you my love language is here in a minute, and it's going to make more sense, all right? The ones I like, and giving and receiving, you know, different ways of giving and receiving love. Acts of service. How about gifts? Anybody like gifts? Yay, man. That's yay plus amen. Gifts. Quality time. You like quality time? Some of you are like, it's all right. People are okay. I'd rather just be on Facebook. That's between you and God. How about physical touch? Some people are more aversive to that. Some people are like, I don't really want to, you can tell me sweet things and give me gifts and give, do acts of service, but don't try to touch me too much. That's okay. That's okay. I understand. To a point. Right? My, my uh, love languages are, I, I think I, I like all of them, but I like words of affirmation. I like um, um, quality time. Quality time includes communication. I'm one of those men that likes to communicate with my wife. I love talking with my wife. It, It it energizes me. We had a morning this past week. I don't know what day it was. um, Maybe it was Monday. I don't remember. It was early in the morning. And I got up because we have an ailing dog. One of our dogs is ailing, and she has a few issues there. And I got up with her to take her out to use the restroom. And uh, I was just wide awake. And getting back in bed, it's like 4, right, baby? I woke Jen up. And that doesn't always happen. It must have been something with sleep rhythm, but I woke her up. Didn't mean to. I thought I was sneaky like a spy getting back into bed, but I woke her up. So before I know it, we're talking. And once Jen's awake, let me tell you something about my wife. Once she's awake after a little while, she goes, You know what, baby? I'm hungry. And I said, You have a good point. It's, you know it's after five (laughs) why wouldn't we be hungry so we were talking man it was just we had just great conversation and then i went to mcdonald's because it's not far from our house we did a cheat uh, we did a cheat moment a cheat meal call it whatever we don't always hang out at mcdonald's but we got some breakfast from mcdonald's we knew they'd be open but we had quality time so we communicated um, I, I was able to do an act of service, and all along I was doing physical touch because I like physical touch with my wife. So my love languages are words of affirmation, quality of time, and physical touch. Sometimes, <laughs> some of you will understand this. Some, sometimes we'll, we'll get irritated with each other as a married couple, and my wife's still irritated, but I'm ready to hug it out. <laughs> it's just who I am. I'm like, baby, man, I'm so sorry, baby. Let me hug you. She's like, nah, I'm not ready to hug you yet. Don't be doing that yet. Let's, what, what, what does my wife say? I'm not done talking. I said, okay, let's keep talking. Then. And then I'll go, I'll go, can we hug when we're done talking? Because I really want to hug you right now. And she's like, hey, that's, that's your love language. I like it, but we need to finish talking. So my three are words of affirmation, um, quality time, and physical touch. Although I like all of them, there should be a food group for love. I know that goes into acts of service, but the things I like with my wife is physical touch, communication, and man, when she cooks for me, it just warms my soul. Really. There there should be love language of food, but I think that is an act of service. So, and Jen will say, is it great? I didn't do that good, or did I put too much salt? I'm like, it's wonderful. It's warm. It's filling me up. It's strengthening me right now, giving me fuerza. This is great food, right? So you got to live... The language of love. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You put those up there. I appreciate you all. Look, look at those love languages. Which ones are, are the ones you use for giving and receiving love? Some people give quality time and words of affirmation, but they like receiving gifts as well. Some are like, I've heard people say, I speak all five languages fluently. They love all five languages of love. That's great. But look at those. How many of you think, you can raise your hand multiple times. How many of you say, man, I like words of affirmation. Raise your hand. Say, I like kind words. Some of y'all looked at me like you were stoic, like, I don't need kind words, pastor. (laughs) I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. Don't be mad at me. You you like words of affirmation? How about quality time? Who's a quality time person? Say, man, I want to hang out, spend some time. Some of y'all were like, I like quality time with myself. Oh, just me, myself, and I, and Jesus. Okay, that's, that's cool. How about this? You say, man, I like gifts. Go ahead, raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you like giving gifts? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you like receiving gifts? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we do. That's not necessarily my love language, but, and I'll go, baby, you don't have to get me anything for Christmas. And we sit down and we start opening these eyes. I go, this is the best day of my life. This is amazing, baby. How did you know? She took some risks this year. and She goes, you can return some stuff if you want. I'm like, I'm keeping all 10 of them or whatever she got me. These are great. I love it. You did so good. So good, right? And some of you, you say, well, gifts are great, whatever. I'm not real strong at that. And we can learn to be stronger in some of these areas. How many of you know that? You can learn to be better at affirming people with words and be genuine and have quality time and learn to give and receive gifts well and Give and receive acts of service. Some people, it's hard to help them. Hard to help them. They're too proud. I say, no, I don't need no help with that. Okay, do it on your own, brother. Get on then, right? I was trying to help you about to break your leg lifting that or hurt your back. Okay, you got it. You got it. No, we we get better at receiving and giving acts of service. Physical touch. Okay, there's got to be boundaries with that. But, hey, physical touch. Some folks just like a pat on the back sometimes or a hug. Some people, you go in for a hug. You're a big hugger, and they're going, slap me five right here. I ain't hugging you, man. Or we do the 70s, remember? Slap it both ways. I slap your hand, you slap mine. That's fine. Stop. Shake my hand. Don't be hugging me. That's fine. And that's okay. That's all right. There's different ways of showing love, but you've got to live the language of love. Let's go to Ephesians 5.2. Check this out. I love this. Live a life of love, or a life filled with love. One translation says, walk in love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Walk in love. That's great. How about this? Let's go to Ephesians 4.32. Instead... Instead of what? Instead of being filled with rage, bitterness, anger, jealousy, whatever else, instead, works of the flesh, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You say, Man, Pastor, how do I want to walk in love? What's the most basic way I can walk in love? Why don't you start caring about the things that God cares about? Start caring about the things. That God cares about. That's how you walk in love. He cares about people. Did you know He cares about animals? God cares about animals? Scripture says the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. You guys ever see Gladiator with Commodus, big old jerk? Commodus, he said, Am I not merciful? Well, the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. You're being merciful, but to me it's cruelty. <laughs> Oh, you're letting me live. I'm about to bleed out of here, but you're so merciful, you know, just crazy. And some people are very cruel to animals. You ain't got to be a fan of pets or dogs or cats. You ain't got to own any. But just, you know, being cruel to animals, that's strange. Is that walking in love? No, I don't think so. You say, man, well, they shot a deer. Uh Uh-huh. But my father-in-law skinned that thing, and I helped him, and we processed it and ate the meat. All right? That's just the circle of life. Some people say, I don't eat meat. Yeah, but you ate a at McDonald's, whatever that mystery meat is. It's got part meat at least. <laughs> I can see you think you're a vegetarian because you, you ate a at McDonald's. It's plastic. That meat is weird, man. But some of McDonald's, I'll be real with you, some of it still tastes good to me. It does. Them cheeseburgers, have tased, they've tasted the same since the 70s. I remember. They're still good, them little cheeseburgers. Now they put green chile in them in New Mexico. I'm like, wow that's pretty good. When I'm really getting my hardcore cheat on, I get a cheese, some cheese in there, right? So you can live the language of love, man. You can do it in different ways, but you really want to walk in love. Start caring about people and be, let let whatever is important to God, let that be important to you, all right? Let's go to point three today. Please turn your ringers off. Silence your phones in the name of the Lord. All right, number three, you say, well, how can I help? This is a great question for you. How can you help? What does that mean? How can I help others walk in love? Okay. How can I help others come to church? How can I help someone when they need something? How can I help? How about a blanket statement of how can you help? Well, there's lots of ways you can help. Let's go to Ephesians 6, verse 7. Look at this. Work with enthusiasm. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You ever seen some people work doing this? I've seen them. I'm like, he's at work. I've gone. I've gone to different people at work. They're at their job and they're they're too busy for me because they're on their phone. But they're on the clock. I'm just like this, just waiting. They're on their phone though. Oh, just a second! It's the president. No, he don't know how to text. He don't have a phone. What? They're busy, man. They're just too busy. No, the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. You say that's a crazy statement. Well, remember during the times that this was written, the first-century church, fifty-five to sixty percent of the Roman Empire was slaves. Isn't that crazy? Like, why didn't they just revolt? Well, eventually they started to. But this, this era, the majority of people, at least 50% or more, were in slavery. And that's terrible. We don't condone that. That's terrible. But the Apostle Paul is dealing with everyone in every station of life. Say, whether slaves are free. Well, I'm free. Well, praise God. But look, this verse says, remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, regardless of where our standing in life is. You say, I have a very low station. i got to do this. i got to do that. Uh Uh-huh. But did you know that the doorkeeper to the house, the butler, has a lot of power? You ever watch Downton Abbey? Really? People say, well, that's just a a service job. Oh, there's a lot of power in service jobs. Sometimes if if you're bad to the secretary or the administrative assistants, you don't get to see anybody. I've had people come and mistreat people, and they're like, oh, you don't get to see the pastor, and I never heard about it. Oh, well, you should have acted right, right? (laughs) The Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Wow. That's good. Let's read that first verse again. Let's read verse 7 again. I'm sorry. Let's do Ephesians 6, 7, and 8. I threw you off. I wanted to read this one again. Thank you, man. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Why? Because everyone's going to get their reward. In this life and in the next, you will get your reward. Say, what is my reward? Well, it may be, a you know, maybe not you, maybe not those on the live stream, stream, but you may get a a coal in your stocking, (laughs) right? (laughs) Work with enthusiasm as though you are working for the Lord rather than for yourself or for people. Let me read the next verse again, verse 8, if you don't mind. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Let's go to James 2.18 now. Look at this. Say, man, how can I help? Someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have what? Good deeds. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Yeah, how can I help? You as believers should help at some point, someone, somewhere, with something. You need to help. I remember uh, going to school, there was a couple girls, and they They'd hang out together and giggle, and they were just funny. They were in the classes that I was in. I still remember their names. And I remember them saying here and there, and <laughs> it just made me laugh, they'd say, that was my good deed for the day. And they were kidding. They were being facetious, but they'd do something Go there. there's my good deed for the day. Did you know <coughs> you were called to overcome evil with good? Scripture says, don't be tired of doing good, because after a while, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. If you don't faint. Did you know many people faint in the day of adversity? When times get tough, they go, oh. Did you know that? They faint. I remember there was a, there was a fight near my locker when I was in eighth grade. And there was a fight, man. One dude knew how to box, and the other knew how to receive boxing blows. He was going to defeat that guy because he was slamming his face into that guy's fist over and over again. I was like, man, I bet his hand hurts. But the other dude was right, 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 left, right, right, you know. And they were doing this. They were going at it. And they were big guys. I remember I was like, it's the Twin Titans. And my friend was next to me, and he was a fool. He said, careful for my locker. You know, he's trying to be funny. But I remember one of the dude got, he got hit enough. Do you know what he did? He fainted, and he made the sound of one who faints. I'll never forget that. He was taller than me. He wasn't a scary guy, but he was taller than me. And he, he, he fainted. He got punched, punched. Finally, he went, oh, and he just fainted. He'd taken too many blows to the head. He said, are you making fun of him? No, my point is, sometimes in life, we faint in adversity. Oh, I took one too many. I'm down. <laughs> Throw in the towel. I give up. Well, guess what? You can't give up. There's still time on your clock. You can't give up. So keep asking, how can I help, instead of just being focused on yourself, Right? Remember the meme? I don't know who it was who sent it years ago. Said, do you, it said, do you realize that a giraffe's neck is so long that if he drank a cup of coffee, by the time the coffee got to his stomach, the coffee would be cold? That's a crazy thought. I'm like, wow, is that true? That's amazing. And it said in the meme, have you ever thought of that? It said, of course you haven't, because all you think about is yourself. It made me laugh back then too. It's been about five or six years. That's a really odd way of getting that point across. How can you help? There's always a way that you can help. Give. Look for opportunities to serve. It always blows me away when some. It's so rare someone shows up and goes, "How can I help?" I'm like, "Did you come in? On, did you crash land with Superman from the planet Krypton, or did you, are you from this planet? You mean, how can you help? Hold on. We got work for you. Come on, come on. Let's do it." How can I help, man? That is the power of love, is finding a need and meeting it. Not walking in love, people don't realize this, but laziness is the opposite of walking in love. You get that at some places in town. Hey, I need help. You can't find nobody. They page, page people. You ever been to home? Hey, if you work at Home Depot, God bless you. But I've seen them page people at Home Depot, and people are scattering like cockroaches. I'm like, Hey. And they'll tell you, that's not my department. I'll go, well, what is your department? I'll go over there. Will you help me in your department and see if it, it correlates to this department? Like, let's get some help up in here. Or they don't pay you. You're just here. I'm bothering you. I remember I was with one guy. You remember Charlie Owen? I was with him at Home Depot. I don't know what we were doing. And he didn't care what people thought, but we were there, and somebody had an attitude with us at the customer service desk, and he looked at me, and he went, uh. He, he, when he was about to say something smart, he would go, Uh. He'd go, uh, they don't want to be bothered right now. He said it right in front of them. I laughed. I'm like, I guess they don't. They were kind of embarrassed, but then they didn't care. I'm like, okay. They don't want to be bothered. How can you help? How can you help and walk in love and serve and make somebody's day better? In the power of love, look, number one, let's, let's review these points today. You want to put God first in everything always. God first in everything And always, that's number one. Number two, live the language of love. Live the language of love. You see, I I can't do that. You can. If you put God first, then you can start living the language of love because in putting God first, you get into his word, you understand what he likes, what he wants, what he hates, what he doesn't like. If you love him, you'll do what he wants. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. That's what Jesus said. Number three, how can you help? How can I help? There's all kinds of ways. Say, man, how can I learn to care about what God cares about, what Jesus cares about? Study the life of Jesus. You'll know what God cares about. Study the life of Jesus. You'll really get to know about what God cares about. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today, if you would, please. Let's pray together as a family, the family of God. If there's anyone in this house at the sound of my voice or on the live stream, wherever you may be right now, if you have never accepted Jesus and made him your Lord and Savior, you have never accepted him, you say, man, if I died, I may not, I may not go to heaven. Because you've never accepted Jesus. You've never made peace with God. You're, si- you're at war with God because of the sin in your life. You're running from God, whatever it is. If there's someone in this house who has never accepted Jesus and made Him the Lord of their life, would you raise your hand? You've never done it before. We'll do other prayers here this morning, but you say, I've never accepted Jesus publicly. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you today. want to make sure that you're right with God. All right, this is great news. Everyone is right with God in that way. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, everyone... Repeat this prayer after me. Say, my Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is Lord. He is my Savior, and He died and rose again for me. Please forgive me of my sin. Make me right with you. Save me by your power and the blood that you shed. Say it again. Say, I believe in Jesus' name. Say, I believe that by faith and my confession, I am right with you forever. If I will walk in your promises, walk in your commandments, even when I make a mistake, my heart will always return to you because I am right with you. I've been made righteous through faith in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed is a second call. You say, man, I've accepted Jesus. I accepted Jesus a long time ago, but I need to make sure my heart is right with God. I'm struggling personally. This is between you and God. I'm not going to give you a hard time about it, but if you say, man, I just need to make sure my heart is right with God. I need to forgive people, whatever it is. I need to forgive myself, whatever it is. I've made some mistakes. Raise your hand today. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you for your courage. God bless you. God bless you. I honor that, and if I honor that, I guarantee you God honors that. He honors your courage and your humility. Let's all pray together. Everyone in the house, repeat this prayer. Say, Lord, like Peter said, you know I love you, but I've messed up. And I know it breaks your heart, and it's broken mine. Please forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me. You said in 1st John chapter 1, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Take a deep breath. Go ahead. Take a deep breath. Say I'm free. Say my slate is clean. I am right with God. Say, I will not walk in condemnation. Say, I will walk in humility, love, truth, and the power